the top of buildings and towers just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, the Irredeemable Shag. As with me, as always, is my co-host Rob from the Aquaman Shrine. Rob, say hello. Good morning, Shag. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, by the way, I should mention this is the official podcast of FirestormFan.com and the AquamanShrine.com. Yeah, don't listen to the unofficial ones. They're not as good. I tell you, those guys. Uh, we got to do something about that. It's it's not cool. <laughs> And they, they, I mean, they sound much better than you on radio, too, so it's, you know. Can you put a little da-dum-dum-tsh in there for that? No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Anyway, um, folks, it is a little late, uh, as we warned you last time, but it's here. Our reviews of the new 52 issues of Aquaman and the Fury of Firestorm number nines. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know that we have a lot of preamble on this one. Are we gonna just jump right to him? Yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, I think uh, just get right to it. Awesome. Do you want to talk about Aquaman? Yeah, let's start off with Aquaman number nine, uh, as usual, by Jeff Johns, uh, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado. Uh, this issue had a couple extra uh, inkers helping out. You had um, Eau Claire Albert and Andy Lanning uh, helping out with the inks, and of course Rod Reese, colorist. Um, Wait a minute, Andy Lanning. Andy Lanning, yes. Like the writer Andy Lanning? I, I guess so, yeah. How many Andy Lannings can there be working in comics? Oh, wow. So I didn't know he does different things. There you go. That's cool. Um, this uh, Anyway, this issue opens up over in Germany at the United States Army Health Center. We see Black Mana. Black Mana has one of those little uh, those little totem things, that he, the one he stole from Yawara. Uh, uh, or not Yawara. What's the one he stole? Oh, the, the, the seer woman. You, you, what is her name? <laughs> Forget uh, right. She was a seer, though. You're the absolutely seer. right. The seer. Kashina. Kashina. Okay. Uh, I should really prepare before we do these shows. Anyway, um, <laughs> he smashes it. He smashes it. And then we cut inside and we see this guy. We don't know exactly who he is right at the moment. He's clearly a member of the military. He's got the dog tags. And he's checking, um, he's checking phone messages. And he's placing phone calls to 
Uh, what we can surmise are the family members of the people in his platoon. We see a picture of like his fellow uh, fellow soldiers, and he's calling these people, and he's placing unwanted calls because he places some he places a call. Here, someone say, "Whoever you are, please stop calling. Leave us alone." And then they hang up. So this guy's whoever this you know he's kind of sitting there in his dark thoughts. Um, all of a sudden, he is. Uh, strangled by Black Manta. And uh, that's the splash page. It's Black Manta is grabbing him by the neck with some sort of like tripwire type thing. Um, they get into a fight, but then we see that the guy in question is one of the others. We could have guessed that already. He's prisoner of war. And he has like a little catchphrase. He says, fall in, which is great. I thought that was kind of a fun phrase. And he seems to summon, like, the spirit or something of all these different troops, because you see these sort of ghostly images um, appear. Um, he reaches into this trunk. He pulls out the giant, like, Wonder Woman bracelets <laughs> that he had yes. in the previous issue. Um, and then him and Manta get into it. Um, he fires some sort of gun, some sort of, like, uh, some sort of gun. It looks like it's maybe, like, a just a regular gun as opposed to a harpoon gun or anything like that. He fires at Manta. Um, he then takes that opportunity to jump out the window, which is like on the third or fourth story or something, and Mana chases after him. And then we cut across to the Amazon rainforest. We pick up where the last issue left off, where Aquaman and Yawara are uh, kicking the crap out of all these soldiers. Um, Aquaman is knocking them out, but Yawara is pretty much just slicing and dicing them. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, she's got these giant blades and she's just hacking them left and right. It's pretty nasty stuff, actually. Um, one of them. It's not, it's not the only giant thing she's got. No. All right. Um, <laughs> this episode's sponsored by the League of Women Voters. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so then uh, one of them shoots her panther, like her little panther buddy or whatever. That makes her go even crazier and she starts like lopping heads off left and right. There's one panel where we literally see a guy's head fall off of his body. Uh, Aquaman then steps in and is like, alright, enough with the killing already, which is, you know, a little late, Arthur. Um, but, uh, <laughs> he says, stop, we only kill when we have no other choice. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so they argue a little bit. Yuara brings up uh, clearly, they had some sort of past relationship because she says, the fight, the blood, the heat, remember? And Aquaman's response is, I'm taking Yawara. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. okay. So they talk a little bit more. And um, what is this? We, we don't have the time for this. We need to find the others. I've already sent a signal to Vostok through my old Justice League communicator. If he answers it, he should be back at eight or nine hours. Um, so then, then we cut back to Prisoner of War for a brief moment, as you see, he's running through some sort of city street being chased by mana. Uh, we then cut away once again back to Amnesty Bay or whatever it is, back in Stephen Shin's house. And he wants to do some further research on that glyph that uh, Aquaman gave him, but Mira is like, no, 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 tell me what's going on. So then we get a bunch of flashbacks, and we see how Stephen Shin got involved with Tom Curry and young Arthur Curry. And then the big reveal comes... And then we find out that um, that Black uh, Manta and Aquaman got involved in this fight. Tom Curry got involved in it, died of a heart attack amid during the fight. And as a form of revenge, Aquaman went after Black Manta's father and killed him. <laughs> and the issue ends with uh, Aquaman and Black Manta facing off in some giant rainstorm. And the continuation is next, The Sin of Aquaman. 
Dun, dun, dun. So that was kind of a big reveal. Uh, that was I mean, a huge reveal. Huge reveal. I mean, we're clearly, as I mentioned on the uh, Aquaman Shrine, which a blog you may or may not be familiar with, Shank. Uh, is, I read your review. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. Um, well, thank you very much. Um, that this clearly isn't, you know, like, we never, they've never explicitly stated how differently the universe is of, of this Aquaman. But now we know it's very different. Um, clearly there's no Arthur Jr. Um, so that, that part of history is gone. And, you know, these two are now tied into each other in a way that they never have been before. So that, you know, th- this is pretty much boldly saying we are really in a completely new universe here when it comes to these characters. Now, I have a really stupid question. Is Aquaman currently appearing in Justice League? He, well, he, he supposedly is. He was not in the last issue. Okay. Because so. he says my old JLA. Yes, I noticed that. I noticed And that. it just made me wonder, like, maybe did he somehow wire it, his old communicator so that it could communicate with the others or something? It was kind of an odd statement. Yes. Yeah, I did. I noticed that when he mentioned the word old. I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. I wonder if those things have half-lives of a billion years like the Super Friends one did. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, okay, I have a couple questions. Um, the very first page, when Manta jams the little golden seal or whatever it is right. into the sign, right. it changes to English. Is it like, I don't know, is it creating a doorway to something? Or I, I don't get what that's happening. Yeah, I'm not exactly scene. sure myself. Yeah, it's like, okay. I, did, I didn't notice that, the first, I think, the first time I read it, and then I forgot to mention it. But yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what, what that means exactly. Prisoner of War, um, I think I said it last time, that he's my favorite other. He is now the greatest character find of 2012. Oh, my. He is awesome. I mean, he's, he's sort of... Uh, I don't mean to cheapen him, but he, he's sort of like Ragman in that, you know, he's got these spirits inside of him he's calling upon, and, and they're giving him abilities. Like, you know, you clearly see he needs extra strength, so these other soldiers rush to his help, and he flips Manta. He he gets shot, so, he need, you know, you see a medic come to his aid. Yeah, it's a neat hook. Gun. It's a neat hook yeah. visually and sort of like with you know, just the realm of the character. Yeah. I mean, it's... This guy's awesome. He's, I mean, this just reaffirmed that this guy's, like, the coolest character in the Aquaman book. You know, it's he's going to give Arthur a run for his money. He's hey, 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 hey. I'm just saying. Get you know. That's how fickle I am. <laughs> Aquaman fan for 30 years. In walks Prisoner of War. You're done. Look at you. It's, yeah. it's turning my head. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, like, how, how, how quickly does she go through these Panthers, I wonder? Like, because I got the impression she's been with that Panther for, like, forever. Because we kept seeing flashbacks of her, and did she have the panther in the old days? Uh, y- yes, you see. So yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe there's going to be different. I mean, she clearly has the ability to sort of talk to the. If I could talk to the animals, uh, she could talk to animals because um, she uses. Uh, she sends out a little symbol thing <laughs> to grab some. I think they're what are they? Cheetahs, I believe, and yeah, uses like them it. to rip up another one of these bad guys. So right. she she clearly has a, a kinship with. Jungle jungle animals, the way Aquaman does with with fish, and Mimera continuing to control water around her, like when she's talking to Shin, and the and the water in the sink just starts floating around. And yeah, stuff. it's great. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hold on. I'm going to look up a synonym for pretty and gorgeous because we <laughs> we have run out of words to say about the art in this book. Yeah, so. these guys are just. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple spots where I think I could tell the inking was a little different. Um, there seemed like some poses that were like a little stiffer. Than some other ones, but that's a very minor thing. Um, the flashbacks are given that slight uh, hazy look, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks to I assume Rod Reese, you know, as usual, doing his tremendous job. I mean, the the last page of the two of them squaring off 
um, in the rain with the thunder is really a, such a beautiful page. I just having colored things myself, I just look at that and I say, like, how long did it take him to do that? <laughs> well, well, the flashbacks, a lot of that is the inking because it looks like almost like it's not inked. It looks like it's only colored or something, you know, is what it looks like. Because like, if you look at little Arthur's hair, there's really almost no inking lines there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it's, it's just so soft. But um, I would say this book is attractive, bright, brilliant, coloring, dazzling, delightful. Drop dead, easy on the eyes, elegant, enjoyable, exquisite, and the list goes on. All right. Oh, it's Cap- handsome. Right. It's a handsome book. Captain Thesaurus, thank you. Yes. Yeah, it is. These guys, yeah, it's it is really beautiful. I said the scenes of uh, them in the rain um, out of the. For some reason, it reminds me of the the horror film Suspiria. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. It's a classic in 1977. Really terribly frightening horror movie about a young girl that goes to the school and it's, it's a, it ends up being like a coven of witches and stuff. And there's lots of scenes of like harsh lighting and sort of uh, very crazy, crazy shadows. And it, everything is raining. It's raining like all the time in that movie. And for some reason, those see these, these scenes in the book remind me of that, even though <laughs> this has a giant guy with a giant dome on his head. Well, but. sure. <laughs> I got to say, you know, when they, this storyline started, I, I expressed some concern here on the podcast about how long it was going to run. I had looked ahead in previews and saw that it was still going like five or six issues later, and I was worried. But now that, I, you know, we're three issues in, they've done a great job. I mean, each issue feels very, um, you know, it's like a whole story. I feel like I got a whole story here. Even though I read quickly, I felt like I got a whole story. Yeah, They're they always read quickly. They always read yeah. quickly. Yeah. They're doing a great job building the drama between this this final confrontation, Aquaman and Black Man. I mean, I'm like, I'm genuinely excited for that, even though I've seen it a million times yeah. in the old days. <laughs> no. Aquaman um, versus Black Man, wow. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's something. But no, this time I'm genuinely excited for it. So they, you know, Jeff and, and the art team have done a really great job these past few issues. And uh, I guess the storyline has two or three more left. I think it's two. I thought they said that it was, yeah. a, it was five issues. Five oh, that sounds five. about right. Which is good because, too, it's like you don't want to see them, like, every issue be where him trekking down one of the others. Yeah. Then we just get really tedious. Like, all right, this is, so we know it's going to get condensed a little bit in the final two, which is good. To, you know, to shake it up a bit. Well, good. And then issue 11, it can become uh, Aquaman and Prisoner of War. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, sure. Get right, right on that. Really, yeah. Yep. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. <laughs> That's yeah, the zero, it's zero issue, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, no, I said it was, you know, it's overall, I, I, um, I thought some of the complaints some of the guys mentioned on the, on the, on the shrine post was like, Shin, like, lays a little too much pipe at the end, where it's like, it's him just going, <laughs> him just going on and on and on talking about, well, then this happened, and then that happened, and then this I, happened. I can't leave that alone. What? I'm sorry. Shin's laying pipe with Mera? No. Really? It's a, no that's a, no. That's that's a that's a movie term. It's laying pipe means like you're explaining things. It's it's exposition. Why don't we go with talkie talkie? Get your mind stuff. out of the gutter for God's sake. Um, and hot. I'm sorry. So, right. I mean, so, so but it didn't bother me too much. You know, it's like okay, well then this. You know, it's not really that much. I mean, when you if you go back and look at some of the like older comics, you know, there were more words. If you take the average issue of Aquaman by Steve Skeets, there was more words on one page than there is in this entire book. <laughs> so it really isn't all that much that he explains, you know, okay, this is how they interact with one another and this is why they're so committed to hating one another. And, you know, it's maybe a little, I don't know, I don't want to say hackneyed. It's a little like, oh, okay, they killed, you know, Aquaman killed his father. It's like, okay, they have this great connection. Like, You've seen it in a million other comics. At the same time, it's a little more of a plausible reason why they hate each other as opposed to 
the old Manta who just hated Aquaman for no real great reason. Right. <laughs> he and just it, sort it, of it, really hated him at the beginning for... Well, didn't he show up on the scene as, like, already hating Aquaman? Like, they already had a hatred? Um, well, like he was in, when he was introduced in the 60s, he was just pretty much just, like, a, an underwater crook. And then it developed over time. But it, de- oh. it developed into hating him for no real good reason. You know, you're like, well, why, why, why are you so committed to hating this guy? You're just a crook. And this guy's trying to stop you. Like, okay, look, you know, why are you taking it so personally? Not to digress too much, but what, what did Black, one of Aquaman's villains first appeared in the cartoon. Was it Black Mana? No. Before... Okay, shoot, I'll have to figure that out. I want, as I seem to recall, one of them first appeared in the cartoon before he appeared in the comics, but... Oh well. Yeah, I don't know which one. Yeah, the, 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 the two biggies are, yeah, of course, Manta and Ocean Mist, and they first first appeared in the comic, so... Okay, gotcha. But uh, no, it's, um, it's another, you know, really another very solid issue. Let's call that info dump rather than laying pipe, by the way. Yeah, that's much better. Yes, info dump. <laughs> I feel like that one shot of Black Manta running through the streets... And there's just mm-hmm. cars and people with umbrellas just watching this guy with this giant domed head just running by. <laughs> and these huge blades, too. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, look, look at that, Chauncey, look at that, Edgar, you know, you're like, that's, you'll see that every day, oh well. <laughs> Let's go see the Avengers again. Right, exactly. <laughs> Take a picture, send it to the kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. They just post it on my Facebook page. Look what I just saw, it. look at this, you know. <laughs> Must be a new superhero. I think we love this book. It's, you know, bottom line. I, I think it's a very strong issue. I think, um, I don't know if I could rate it amongst the other Aquaman issues, but I would say it's a very strong one, and I walked away very happy when I yeah. finished it. Yeah, just, it's just they're on a real streak, and they're just continuing it. It's, it's, I wish there was kind of more to say about it when it is, it's, they're just doing a great job, and they, they're just continually doing a great job. So yep. <laughs> should we all be happy for that? I, I do have to mention the ad. We, don't, we, we never really talk about ads, but there's one ad I have to. It's the Arch- uh, Warner Brothers archive collection mm-hmm. that's designed to look like a Saturday morning cartoon ad from the yeah, 70s Yeah, that's 80s. cute. That's cute. That is like the greatest ad. I came across that. I'm like, whoa, it's yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon ad. Yeah. And then I realized it was all DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, any closing comments? I don't think so. I think we're ready to go on to Firestorm. Here we go. The Fury of Firestorm, the nuclear man, our men. Number nine, cover by Ethan Van Skyver. It's a gorgeous cover. It's JLI in the clutches of Firehawk. This was my favorite Firestorm cover to date. Like ever or this or this, of this, uh, of this book? Of this book. It is, it is a super fun cover. Yes, because it's very old school where it has this ridiculous scenario that you know is not actually happening in the book, which I don't exactly. care. I like it. Plus, it's an homage to an old Justice League International cover by Kevin McGuire. <gasps> I totally didn't pick up that on that. That giant hand. There's, okay. there, there's some issue of Justice League International that has a giant hand with all the JLIers clutched yeah. in it. So I think it's like it's it's a combination of that and then of course the, the Firestorm element. I totally didn't pick up on that. That's awesome. Uh, it You're is. Welcome. It's a gorgeous cover. It really is. It, the only my only uh, thing that kind of raised an eyebrow was JLI and the clutches of Firehawk, which again we had the last issue where it was like introducing the menace of Hawk, uh, Firehawk and in, in Hurricane, but the, Firehawk's not a bad guy. So that's the only thing that's kind of like, huh? Maybe she's going to be eventually, or maybe it's just for fun and you yeah, know, I old, think it is just, old yeah. school kind of retro thing. Because you know, in the old days, you used to do that all the time. Like you know, they'd, they'd introduce a new character as a hero, and then on the cover, they'd make him look like a villain or something. Yeah, I, that's how I took it. it was just it's, it's 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 purposely old school. Like you know, this does not actually happen inside the book. Yeah. Oh, by the and way, she, before we go on, the, the, the cover that that, yeah. that I referenced is from Justice League International number eleven. Okay. By Kevin McGuire and Al Gordon. It's got a giant hand, and you see Booster, Blue Beetle, Martian Manhunter, and Batman, and a couple others getting strangled by this giant hand. Awesome. 
Well, it's fun, and, and uh, Firehawk continues to be just absolutely adorable. She is so cute. And I like how her little fire wing is sort of wrapped around Jason, like she's <laughs> it's hugging him. <laughs> All right. change uh, these books to Prisoner of War and Firehawk? That might not be a bad idea. I could, I could, I could buy that. Um, Prisoner of War, he's pretty awesome. All right. Uh, this issue is plotted by Ethan Van Skyver and Joe Harris, written by Joe Harris, penciled by Yildare Sonar. He's back. Hooray! Mm. Uh, inked by... Uh, two inkers this time. I, I guess it's the month for multiple inkers. Um, Yildare's normal inker of Norm Rapmund, and then another inker named Marlo Alquiza. Alquiza, maybe? I'm not good. sure. It looks right. Yeah. Now, he's, it looks like uh, in future solicitations, Marlo Alquiza is going to become the primary inker for Yildare. So maybe this is like the handoff issue. Right. I'm not sure. Uh, because at the same time, Norm, I think, was moving over to that new series, um, the Teen Titans spinoff. I can't remember the name of it. Ravagers, maybe? Something oh, is that it? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, okay. So that may be where Norm went. Okay. Letter by Travis Lanham. Colors by Hi-Fi. Love those guys. Um, and then we get on to my favorite little bit there. Firestorm created by Jerry Conway and Al Milgram. Always touches my heart. Okay. This is part two of a crossover with Justice League International, number nine. If you haven't read Justice League International, number nine, I got to think you're this is going to be a little confusing for you. Did you read, <laughs> yeah, did you read JLI number nine, Rob? I did not. Okay. Was this confusing for you in that regard or yeah, not? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I could sort of ferret out what's going on for the most part. But, yeah, you, you, I'm sure it loses something not having read the, the other part. I probably should go and find that book and read it. JLI is a great book. Um, in fact, I love it. canceled, isn't it? Yeah. I don't – I think it's a fake canceling. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it's being canceled, but it still sells pretty well. So I think what it is is they're – Canceling it, and they're they're going to re sort of tweak the Justice League line of books. Is okay. what it is. Okay. So I, I'm sure they're going to launch another Justice League book. Um, I just it will be maybe it'll be called something different, whatever. I don't know. And I bet Booster will be in it. Will make the most sense. But um, anyway, so yeah, I think that's more of a tweaking of the line than really a, a straight up cancellation because there's a lot of other books that are underperforming that would make more sense to cancel first. In fact, there are three more books. Um, getting canceled, and we don't know what books they are. I am going off uh, my... <laughs> All right, I'm going to digress for just a second. Well, you know what? I'll save that for the letters. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> you can just cut that bed if you want. <laughs> no, I'm leaving that in. I want people to know what I have to deal with when I'm editing this show. Blame it on sleep deprivation. All right, so um, this, this issue is basically a fight-and-run kind of book. Pretty much the whole thing is a fight, and... Um, series of interactions between characters really is what this issue is. So I'm just going to kind of hit the broad brushstrokes of it. As you may recall, last issue, uh, we had a rogue Firestorm protocol that detonated themselves underneath the uh, Eiffel Tower. And so the Eiffel Tower was coming down in Paris, um, as opposed to all the other Eiffel Towers. And <laughs> Jason, was, Jason, the Firestorm Jason, was trying to keep the Eiffel Tower from collapsing with the help of Firehawk, who is the French Firestorm, and Hurricane, which is the uh, British Firestorm. So that's where your story picks up. Everything's collapsing. It's, it's sort of an exciting moment. You're seeing the, the buckling of the Eiffel Tower and just imagining all the people getting crushed and Jason trying to keep it up with their powers. It's, it's sort of a scary moment. Uh, Firehawk, they're all helping each other. Firehawk, Hurricane, and, and, and Jason. Are, so they've all sort of gelled as a group of people that they, they bicker, but they're working together, which is nice. So and another rogue Firestorm shows up because apparently these guys are a dime a dozen. I think I saw one at the convenience store last night. And then the JLI shows up. They're cheaper if you buy a case. That's true. That is true. 
Um, JLI shows up, and if you're not familiar with JLI, it is comprised of Booster Gold, Guy Gardner, Batman, Batwing, OMAC, and um, August General and Iron, I think is what he's called. I forget. And Godiva. The, the, the General and Iron guy, he's so cool. I wish I could remember his name. I'm not, I'm not giving him enough justice there. So the JLI shows up, and in great comic book tradition, there's a miscommunication, and the JLI and the Firestorms fight each other. Yay. Uh, so, um, what, meanwhile, is this a Marvel book? I, well, it feels like it for a moment there, but that's okay. I love superheroes fighting each other when they first meet. They absolutely should. I mean, like, even when Superman and Batman get together, like every time they should fight, you know, just out of confusion. Anyway, so half the JLI goes to try and help save the Eiffel Tower. The other half are trying to subdue Firehawk and Firestorm, meaning Jason. And there's a cool little battle. Jason does some cool atomic restructuring bits. And the Rogue Protocol goes up, and he decides, basically does a, an ICBM move. It goes up, and he's coming right back down to nuke right there on the lawn in front of the Eiffel Tower. So Guy Gardner zooms in to try and stop him. Uh, Guy Gardner and OMAC, to be specific. And uh, there's some really amazing layouts here where the Rogue Protocol is coming down, like, just screaming speed, getting ready to crash on the ground. Jason's transmuting everything around him into ice to try and stop him. The guy's fighting Jason. OMAC grabs the guy. It's just the the layouts are really cool. Very very movie-oriented. You just, you can't help but feel there's a tremendous amount of motion here. Yildare is drawn like what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 panels. Oh, we're leaving that in, listening to you count. That's fine. Uh, I had to take off my shoes. Uh, in this two-page spread. So you just really, there's a lot of feel and motion there. So OMAC grabs hold of this rogue protocol and literally <laughs> pops his head off. <laughs> you were talking about decapitations yeah, last issue. Apparently both. the issue nines is the decapitation yes, month. Yes, it's decapitation month here at DC Comics. Yes. So OMAC pops the, catches the rogue protocol and instead of letting him hit the ground and detonate, rips his head off. Which apparently he still detonates because of. Uh, and Guy Gardner entombs both of them in this, you know, green construct. Eventually, Guy Gardner opens the, the little box, and or it shatters, and OMAC comes out. So OMAC's, it's kind of demonstrating how powerful OMAC is to us. Then we get some moments with Jason and Firehawk. Uh, Jason's realizing he has really screwed the pooch on this one, and needs to sort of get his act together, and get some action going on here, and helping people. So he decides uh, to kiss Firehawk, because that solves everything. Now, <laughs> That's a uh, cute moment. That is a very cute moment. I, I like that. No, I do. I'd be all over. Anyway, uh, he says, come closer, Firehawk. Just know that whatever you feel towards me after this is over, I probably deserve it. And then lays a kiss on her. And she's got this stunned look on her face. But he actually has a sound plan. He knows that when him and Ronnie touch, when they're firestorms, uh, or at least make a conscious effort for it, I'm not sure if there's a trigger there, but they merge into that giant being called Fury. And Fury is immensely powerful. And Jason knows that he's only got half the firestorm powers. Ronnie's got the other half. So he thinks if him and... Um, Firehawk can merge, you know, Fury could, you know, really kick some butt. Well, it's not exactly what happens. They do merge, and they do become this crazy, strong, huge Firestorm being, but instead, it's it looks very different. It's sort of wild and out of control, flames going everywhere. It looks like basically a flaming creature with uh, some of the Firestorm tropes around it, like the symbol and some of the colors and stuff. Yeah, it, doesn't, it, calls, look, it doesn't look Hulk-like, like the earlier version. Correct. It looks more like a fire, fire demon type look. And uh, it calls itself Wrath rather than Fury, which, by the way, I think this is awesome. 
So Firehawk and, and you see Firehawk and Jason inside of Wrath trying to control it, and the, and the merger is just too unstable. They can't keep it together. But for a few moments, you do get Wrath and Omak going at it, just beating the crap out of each other. And finally, um, as Jason's trying to control it, he and Ronnie, who we'll talk about in a second, sort of have a mental connection moment, sort of uh, where their minds are touching, they're, you know, they're, they're sensing each other through the Firestorm force, I guess. You could say. Um, so then Firehawk and, and Jason split, and there's some like wrapping up, wrapping up moments. The JLI is like, we got to go. Um, by the way, during in the, I didn't mention earlier, but they did have a discussion with Firehawk about her joining the team, joining the JLI. They, they wanted someone representing the Firestorms on their team. So JLI says, we got to go. We got another situation I'm back on the other side of the world. So they head out. Hurricane is left behind, wondering what happened to Firehawk, because I guess we don't see her at this point. And it closes with, it switches to the Middle East. And this was earlier, I didn't mention it, because we had, we had a scene or a cutaway. But uh, Pozar and Rani are in the back of a truck, being transported. Um, they're north of the Persian Gulf. And these two people, truckers are driving them, and they've obviously like hitched a ride. So Pozar's just kind of chilling there in his turban, and Ronnie is a mess. <laughs> he is laying there. His eyes are glowing. He's got energy spirals all around him. He's not in Firestorm f- um, mode. He's just in Ronnie mode, but he's got these weird energy swirls spiraling around him. Ronnie's just something horrible is happening to him. So the truckers come back to see what's going on. Pozar turns into Pozar, and uh, you find out that these truckers are, are actually working for the bad guys, the Firestorm Imperfect Firestorm Protocol guys. In fact, they mentioned Ashra Khan, who I guess is like the leader of these Firestorm Protocol bad guys, the the, the ones from Korak. And I really, I said it before, I love that name. Ashra Khan is an awesome name. And so Pozar just deals the justice and totally fries, which he's really good at. Uh, the Ashra Khan. Somebody's person. getting fried every issue of this book. He's he's tough. I mean, you know, is if he was a school teacher or something, that would really suck. Because he'd just be going through students way too fast. Anyway, so he tells Ronnie, come, boy, we walk from here. And, you know, I'm nobody's ally. So it's kind of a cool moment. And Ronnie's still looking a bit of a mess. And you still can't see his left hand, which is where Right, we lost the arm, yeah. Yeah. So, and that is where the issue wraps up. I, I hope my coverage wasn't a little, wasn't too disjointed. I think we've all come to just get used to it at this point. Wow, thanks for that. It was a very exciting issue. A lot of action, which is great, because sometimes there's talky-talky issues, and sometimes there's a lot of action. And this was just nonstop action, which was great. I loved having Yildare back. Yes. Uh, Yildare's his layouts are just really amazing. It's not just that one two-page panel that I was drooling all over. There's there's tons of pages in here that are just really sharp. My favorite bit is a tiny one. It's on page two, where after Firehawk tackles Firestorm, and she talks to him, and they're floating yeah, she's floating horizontally in the air. Yep. I, I think that's just like a because it's these are people that are used to being able to do this, yeah, to be able to fly around and and so their 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 sense of gravity and sense of being horizontal or vertical is is very different than ours. I just think it was this nice little just just a little detail of like they're very comfortable that she's very comfortable just being talking like that as opposed to the rest of us who would you know, be standing up when we're talking. Well, I also like it because it's sort of a visual. I mean, typically that's a romantic type pose, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a, a foreshadowing that the kiss is coming. A little bit, yeah. It has a little bit of an intimacy to it because yep. they're so close to one another, and he's laying down. Yeah, it's just it's a cute little moment. It's, I really do like Firehawk. I mean, to be, I think much like much like you, I would be kind of happy if they just turned the book over to Firehawk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really mean that. I did mean that. I about do. Prisoner so <laughs> I, I did mean that about Prisoner of War, though. That he's cool. 
Um, <laughs> maybe we got to get a Prisoner of War and Firehawk book. That'd be Except, great. All right, yeah. that'd be cool. I do like how Firehawk's wings are angel-like mm-hmm. rather than just flaming bird wings, which is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, technically they are like bird wings, but I mean, they look – the old days it was under her arms. Now it's more at her back like a like angel from X-Men. And that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, I still, the, the rogue protocols, the Koraki guys, the ones that, you know, as you said, were cheaper by the case, um, they still look so cool. I mean, Yildare's design of them, the, the way he draws them, every bit of their costume, the, the colors from Hi-Fi, the glowing green, those guys are just cool looking. I really dig how they come out every time. I was very excited to see the JLI. I'm a big JLI fan. Uh, I like that book. I think it's a fun book. I'm, I'm pretty heartbroken that it's been canceled. So it was very fun to see them here. However, as a non, as trying to step back as someone, as you know, I asked you in the beginning, I do think someone would be very confused, especially the stuff with OMAC, because there's some, there's some discussion going on here about OMAC that leads directly back to JLA number nine. I don't know that it's explained enough. I think a lot of people would be kind of like, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? But overall, very fun issue. Now, I will, I, I'm going to say some negative stuff. <laughs> I, I don't usually, uh, but it's been a long time since this issue came out. It's been several weeks, and unfortunately, unfortunately, well, normally we try and review the same week. Right. I have spent a little time reading other reviews. I've come across a few points that made me go, huh, yeah, okay. That guy made a lot of sense in that moment. For example, when uh, it, during, during the collapse of the Eiffel Tower... There's a few moments where, uh, like, Booster Gold is sort of the team leader of the JLI, and he says, you know, Batwing, the, the Guy team, The team with Batman on it. What now? The team with Batman on it. Booster Gold is the leader. The team with Batman on it. <laughs> it's all about Booster Gold. Actually, I question whether it's really Batman or not, believe it or not. Interesting. Because um, I wouldn't be surprised if the final issue we find out is not actually Batman, like Bruce Wayne Batman. Because uh, there's another book where, like, Bruce Wayne said to Steve, um, what's his name? Steve Trevor, you need to shut JLI down. It's a joke. And it's like, but you're on the team, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, something's up there. Anyway, so um, anyway, Booster assigns Guy Gardner and Batwing to stop the Eiffel Tower from collapsing. Now, and I didn't think about it at the time, but the comment someone made was, really? Batwing is your Eiffel Tower stopper? Um that, that, that does kind of leave me scratching my head. Now, if you sent him to save civilians, I get it. But to stop the Eiffel Tower from collapsing? Batwing? Really? <laughs> you know, He's you've confident. Got, you've got OMAC. You've got August in general. You've got yourself, Booster Gold. Um, it just, there's probably better resource allocation. There. <laughs> He's new at this. <laughs> then uh, during the battle, again, where you've got this rogue protocol who's trying to detonate literally trying to go nuke right in front of you. The tower's collapsing. Um, Booster takes the time to do, like, an Intellis search on Firehawk. Uh, you know, a, a background search on her. And then invites her to join the team. Done and Dr- done. What's that? Done and done. Right. I mean, in the middle of all of this. It, if it had happened at the end of the issue, it made it made a little more sense. So, again, I read that in a review, and I was kind of like, okay. Can't really argue with that. that yeah, <laughs> the, okay. just, the Justice League has a history of inviting people to join at a moment's notice, though. <laughs> I have a problem with the moment's notice. I have that literally the, the, the Quiraki terrorist guy is going down as a nuke right in front of Booster. And that's when Booster chooses to have that conversation and do the background search on her. <laughs> Again, I think maybe he needs, Batman needs to take, a, take control of the team. 
And that's it. Batman's just standing there. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> um, and then the the last thing, and again, another item that made me kind of scratch. I was like, oh, that's a good point. Is once the Quackery Terrorist is dis- is defeated, and Omac, who, as far as Jason should be concerned, is a hero because he showed up with the JLI and stopped the Quackery Terrorist, is kind of a strange timing thing. Is 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 Omac, who Jason has really, you know, he showed Omac showed up with the JLI. Omac just stopped. The Quarky terrorists. So as far as Jason's concerned, Omac should be a hero, right? It's after all that's over is the moment Jason decides to turn into try and turn into Fury, gets Wrath instead. And so then Wrath fights Omac, who again, as far as Jason is concerned, is a hero. If he had done that before the Quaraki terrorist was defeated, it may have made a little more sense than doing it after. Again, just three things that I read in a couple of reviews that made me go, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I could see where they're coming from on that. But you know what? Any comic book you could tear apart. It's it's fiction. It's for fun. It's Everything is to forward the plot. You know, I'm sure all of this happened in the order, like, you know, having the, the Firehawk discussion in the early part of the book was probably necessary because at the end, Firehawk sort of looks, appears to be missing. So it's, you know, it's you can't have it at the end of the comic. So I get totally where it, why it happened, but it, it was worth kind of looking at. <laughs> so anyway, overall still, though, very fun book. Very pretty book, very uh, you know the art from the layouts to the artwork to the colors, just really great, very striking. Definitely one of the more faster paced issues of the run. Yes, well, and that's saying something. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Although this one only takes place over like a half hour, not probably two days. Like I think the first couple issues were like two days, and it was all you know, scene, 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 scene. But good stuff. Right. So I'm looking forward to the next issue. Next issue, we get to see the new uh, Indian Firestorm. The Firestorm Corps. <laughs> they're all, they're all going to form, and they're going to have an oath. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I think it's cool. I'm enjoying it. Well, folks, I think that is going to wrap us on the coverage. We are going to take a quick break. Yes, we're going to. We... Uh, I'm sorry. We're going to. We're going to. You're going to listen to a couple of um, filmation uh, themes, which uh, I'm. We're dropping in just because we like them. I think they're kind awesome. Of fun. And yeah, and when we come back, we're going to do uh, listener feedback. Woohoo! We'll see you. Talk to you in a minute, folks. The Justice League of America, the combined might and power of the Man of Steel and the Cosmic Crusader, the Winged Avenger and the King of the Sea, the Tiny Titan and the Scarlet Streak, all working together for good against evil as the Justice League of America. Take water of towering talent. Kid Flash, whose speed defies the eye to follow. Wonder Girl, swift and powerful super lad. Speedy, whose fantastic arrows perform awesome. Aqualad, bold and daring marine marvel. Fabulous foursome for right against might. The Teen Titans. All right, folks, we're back from break, and now it's time for... Listener's Feedback! Everybody's favorite segment of the show. It is. Absolutely. So, uh, Rob, why don't you start us off? Okay, well, um, as usual, we got an email from uh, Diablo Frank. Woo! Um, Our good friend, Diablo Frank. Uh, Now, he sent us a couple different things. He wrote one about the Who's Who, but we're going to save all the Who's Who... um, 
mail that we got for the next Who's Who show, just so you know. So in case you wrote us a, an email about Who's Who or sent us a message on Facebook or whatever about it, we're going to cover that on the Who's Who shows. Actually, um, I take two seconds to say thank you guys so much for your support of the Who's Who shows. Yes. It's been wildly popular. I mean, you guys, the amount of feedback and support we're getting for that thing, that project is awesome. Yes, it was something that Shag and I really wanted to do. We were glad that we were finally able to launch it, and, and I'm glad that everybody seemed to like it so much. So, in fact, uh, one of my friends, a film member, Sean Myers, uh, said he went out and was inspired by that show to buy the rest of the issues of the series that he never had before. So uh, he you know, now he has a complete set of Who's Who, thanks to us. So I, uh, I posted his picture last night. For, he took a picture of all the Who's Who's. I posted it as far and wide as I could on Facebook last night. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it was so awesome. So some, some local comics dealer has us to thank for the sale. There it is. So um, anyway, um, Debo Frank said, the, the content was so carefully bifurcated this podcast, I decided my comments should follow suit. Uh, he wrote, Mort Weinzinger also co-created The Martian Manhunter. I did not know that. Look at um, that. As with Aquaman, he gets no credit because, A, he was a DC editor. B, it would be too difficult to locate and credit whoever he stole, whichever ideas contrib- contributed to the co-creations. <laughs> <laughs> and C, Tool. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, two, I'm not sure Weisinger was on a roll in creating Aquaman and Green Arrow, unless you meant figuratively rolling their actual creators, as he was the guy who got to decide to keep publishing them. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what Frank is saying, but at the same time, you know, if the characters weren't popular, they would not have kept going. So I just mean that maybe I shouldn't have said Weinzinger was on a roll, but like clearly any single issue that introduces two characters that are still around 70 years later, that's a good that's a good batting average. You know, that's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. He also mentioned Martian Manor also had his cover debut on Brave and the Bold number 28. So look at that, him and Aquaman. He mentioned Samaritan was one of time, top Timely characters. Of course, Timely was the original version of Marvel. And trend chasers that they were. He got dropped as soon as the superhero fad faded. Aquaman's limping along as DC back matter isn't his triumph. I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with that, Frank. That came in the 60s when the Aquaman TV show and its successor Super Friends installed the Sea King as part of the popular consciousness. That is true. Submariner's com- contemporaneous cartoon was a dud and his glory days are a half century gone. Oh. It's, it's a good cartoon, though. <laughs> if you like comic book panels, slid across the stre- screen. Um, nobody, yeah. nobody, yeah, exactly. Nobody has ever contacted me to help related to the physics of Martian Manhunter, and no one will ever <laughs> contact me for help related to the physics of Martian Manhunter. Finally, I vastly prefer Aquaman as loner cowboy over Sea King. Onward to adventure. I, I, Wait a minute. You skipped my favorite part. What? For a supposed sci-fi, sci-fi character. character, the parameters of Martian Manhunter's powers are best defined as leprechaun. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I agree. I do enjoy the um, – Frank is referring to the – what we covered in the more fun – the early days episode. Talk about Aquaman's more fun days as, as he were – was kind of the loner cowboy. I do I do appreciate that. I mean you can't – that fits more of the storyline of the, of the type of stories that were being told back then, which were you know, a series of one-offs as opposed to the ongoing continuity. But I do, I do appreciate the kind of um, – sort of almost incredible Hulk TV show-esque <laughs> yeah. storyline of just coming into a new town, having an adventure, and then taking off and, you know, well, okay, bye, I'm out of here. It's like A-Team or, or Stingray. Actually, yeah. any show from the 80s. Yeah, anything. Any, <laughs> any, of, those, yeah, any of those 80s cop shows. Uh, and then uh, we got a comment from Ben Avery over there. Thank you very much. We oh, appreciate yeah. we did, that. Oh, yeah, we did get Ben. He wrote Super Podcast this week and Unexpected. With the Who's Who episode, I don't think we'd be getting something so soon, so at least until the release after Aquaman and Firethorn. That's because we love you guys so much that we're trying to give you as much content as possible. We did a few, Ben. For you. 
Frank, uh, Frank continued his comments over on Firestorm Fan. I like how he labeled all of yours A1, A1, A2, and A2, <laughs> F1, F2, F3. Um, says, as I've mentioned uh, at times on DC Bloodlines, as a kid, I was really drawn to Al Milgram's storytelling, though not so much his style, especially as I got older and better processed, more complex visuals. That sort of ties back to what you had mentioned, how you really liked Al Milgram's storytelling. Yes. Uh, maybe not necessarily his art, but his storytelling. Yes. Uh, this is... We talked about the hostess ads, so because nobody wants a nuked Twinkie shag. <laughs> if it isn't well-preserved out of the bag, warming it won't help. <laughs> this Twinkie will last for 10,000 years. Right. Killer Frost is one of the few villains who elevates Firestorm. Conway took the Spider-Man villain riff way too far with the animal-themed, underpowered threats, and Frost bucked the trend. Um... There's some validity in that argument, and uh, maybe someday when we do like a rogues gallery sort of episode, uh, we'll talk about that because that's that's That'd a good point, Frank. Yeah, you put you put your smart hat on that day. So um, he mentions that here day. that he thought what's what was that that day. That day, right. <laughs> he mentions he thought there was only 35 copies created of comic, Canceled Comics Cavalcade. That's what I thought as well, but somebody corrected me and said there was like 100 or so. So I don't know, you know. I'd say let's check Wikipedia, but, you know, somebody's going to change that. So, who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway, so that he page said... page is always changing. The Canceled Comics Cavalcade right, page. exactly. Always. <laughs> it's always in flux. <laughs> they need to lock it down. Lock it down. Um, he said, could we fans of the Fire and Water podcast be steamers, or is that just me? I think we're just going to go with... Um, I don't know yet, but steamy steamers and steamers sounds like trains. Steamies sounds like a porn fan club. Um, so I I don't know. It's it steams in there. Steams in there. We got to. I need more. That's good. That's a good. It's a good start. Come on, folks. We need more suggestions. Start work with the word steam. Anyway, and he says I like how you didn't feel the, the need to differentiate Firestorm Fury of Firestorm number fourteen and eighteen from the current volume. Man slash men is a subtle difference, but let's be honest. September should help keep the distinction clear. Ooh. What snap. he's saying is that Firestorm's going to get canceled at issue number 12. That's now, snap. this is what I started to ramble about earlier, and uh, Frank so <laughs> politely cut me off or whatever, or I cut myself off. Um, okay, going to talk about canceled comics for just a second. So far in the New 52, they have already canceled Hawk and Dove, OMAC, Static Shock, Mr. Terrific, Men of War, and Blackhawks. They've canceled Justice League International, and there are three more to go. Well, there are actually, Firestorm is not the lowest selling comic. Um, as some people who write into this podcast seem to suggest, uh, there are six other books between Firestorm and the bottom of that stack. Uh, Resurrection Man, DC Universe Presents, Grifter, Blue Beetle, Voodoo, and Captain Atom. So we'll find out, probably, maybe even by the time this podcast goes up, I don't know, they may have already announced who's getting canceled. But my money is on the Grifter's getting canceled is one of them. Because it's uh, the, the, new, the new book, Team 7, he's in it. Mm. So it would make sense cut Grifter since he's in Team 7. Then beyond that, I'm, I'm not really sure where they're going to go. I would guess probably Resurrection Man and Captain Adam, but that's just me. So, um, we'll have to give it some time. Hopefully Firestorm's not going to be in that pack, guys. Let's keep, let's keep uh, some positive thoughts. Say your prayers tonight. Alright, uh, Martin Stein. We haven't talked to, heard from him for a while. This is our buddy Robert Gross. Hey, Shag. Enjoyed the early days podcast thoroughly. Just one thing, though. I'm pretty sure that Martin Stein's arch nemesis is named Danton Black, not Dalton Black. Dude, you are absolutely right. Oh, well, I'm going to go back and delete that episode. That's the whole episode? Yeah, out of the iTunes feed. That's just, I can't live with that. That's it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing that I screwed up Multiplex's real name, and he's absolutely right. Um, I'm a big Timothy Dalton fan, so from Rocketeer days, but anyway. Um, 
But I agree that Killer Frost is sexy and Doreen is a loathsome character. She and Cliff deserved each other in the end. That is so true. Oh no, Ronnie's going to kill me. What an idiot. Lorraine stood by Ronnie and Doreen. I'm sorry, Lorraine stood by Ronnie and Doreen ditched him like a ditch digger. I was glad that Lorraine developed a relationship with Ronnie in the end, only to have the elemental storyline disrupt that. But I do think one of the uh, lamentable aspects of the current continuity is the end of Lorraine's character as Firehawk. Who the hell is Therese? That's, uh, that's Firehawk's new identity, is Therese, this French character. So, um, while I agree, I miss the rain. <sighs> I think the character of Firehawk was more important than the character of Lorraine for me in the old days. So I, I can get on board. And the new Firehawk's so cute. Uh, I can totally I can get on board with Therese, actually. So as long as Ronnie finds some romance somewhere with somebody who's cool, I'm okay with that. So. Uh, we got an email from Luke Giaconetti. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely enjoyed the episode. I had the Firestorm trade, and it's on my to-read pile. I probably should move it up a few spots. I have not read the early Aquaman stories because of their non-reprinted status, but they sound like standard Golden Age stories. Uh, uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, <laughs> I have been reading the Golden Age Aquaman stories, so I think uh, so. I think I know about about what to expect. I love the Batman and Robin and Batgirl PSA. I have seen that one before, but it was still funny to hear it again. I keep expecting either Batman, uh, either Batman to growl, "Fighting crime is its own reimbursement," or Robin to exclaim, "You're getting paid." Um, US, That's awesome. USOBs better not cover gentleman ghosts, damn it. Everyone loves gentleman ghosts. <laughs> yes, because I tried to re- register gentlemanghost.blogspot.com and it was taken. Uh, <laughs> also, I wanted to add that Megadeth is an actual, though outdated, unit of measure. It dates to 1953 and is defined as the death of one million persons as a measure of the effectiveness of nuclear weapons. Considering the proliferation of firestorms, it's only a matter of time before something really bad goes down. And yes, the band Megadeth took its name from this word. I had um, no idea. Now that's a that's a fun little factoid. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> well, no, no, because Megadeth has come up before yes. about the the firestorm potential for damage. So it's uh, that's that's pretty cool, actually. I didn't, I had no idea. I just so. love the fact that we've, as as a, as a species, have come up with a term for what it's like when we kill. A million people. So. <laughs> oh, I see. Gotcha. Right. Woo! Yes. What a what a step for progress in the humankind. So. <laughs> I think we came up with the word genocide first. Uh, so anyway, um, Twitter. <laughs> all right, over on Twitter. Thank you so much, folks, for all our support. Um, Bauhaus forty five, Hector Negrete, uh, Corey Hodgden, which is High Rock, Raul Cotto, who's Mass Fuego, and uh, that is. Specifically got Fuego in there, which is uh, Spanish for fire. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, La Sueve del Nerd, which is Sueve del Nerd on Twitter. Which, by the way, um, Hector contacted us and told us that that, that is a sort of a, a Spanish uh, nerd group, I guess you guy. translates to Nerd's Cave. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, El Jacone, which is Luke Giaconetti. Uh, Manjit Dangel. Bill Bailey, who, again, not to be confused with Axl Rose, and Raul Cotto. I already mentioned Raul, sorry. So thank you very much to the Twitter folks. We really appreciate that. Over on Facebook, we got some love from Keith G. Baker, Wagner Oliveira, Giancarlo Nurko, Hector again, and Raul Cotto again. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And got a couple fun comments. Russell Burbage said he took my advice or took our advice and borrowed the Firestorm trade paperback from the library better than he remembered it. That's awesome. A, that's a fun library that has Firestorm. Well, if you go to your local library, you may be shocked at how many graphic novels are there. Uh, I go to the library with my kids, and I <laughs> like my kids are checking out like cool books, and then there's comic books that are for me. So, because um, 
I'm stunned at how many graphic novels they have at the library nowadays. And uh, Rawl made a fun comment when he was talking about the early days episode. He said, this sounds amazing since I wasn't alive when those books were public- released. Thanks, Rawl. <laughs> well, we weren't right. alive during some of them. That's true. All right, folks, here it is, the moment you've been waiting for, your moment of zen. <laughs> Google Plus. You guys came out in force. Thank you so much on the, on the G Plus and rubbed Rob's face in it. So Rob has been giving us hell week after week laughing about Google Plus because he's like, no one's on it. Nobody's there. And over on the Aquaman Shrine Google Plus page, which, by the way, is a desert landscape that has two posts on it. One is saying, hey, we're on Google Plus back in November. And then he put the Who's Who episode out there to just, like, I don't know, try and placate us. I'm not sure what. Either way. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. So Randy Caldwell wrote, Topo the morning to you. John Burgess, uh, John Bergeron. Bergeron. Bergeron, thank you. My brother-in-law. Oh, really? Okay. He wrote, Fire and Water Podcast, There is a Pulse. (laughs) (laughs) He's a big Google Plus guy, so I think he was, I'm sure he doesn't listen to the podcast, but I think he just saw that and wanted to chime in because he likes Google Plus. Whatever. He's probably a huge Firestorm fan. He's cool, I bet. So, um, Charlie Niemeyer wrote, so, um, where's the post for the latest episode of Fire and Water Podcast? Yeah, because you don't put anything out there. Hector wrote, I believe Shag's campaign to promote both Firestorm Fan and the Aquaman Shrine G-plus pages is working, but I also believe this is a tumbleweed town, and he says, I'm an admin of a couple pages, and they're truly deserted. Fine, you get a little back up there. But Randy Caldwell came back and said to Hector that it's, uh, Google Plus is great for photographers. And I'm still getting uh, a lot of traction over on Google+, Plus, but ones that were specific to Fire and Water, uh, comic book and movie reviews uh, gave us a plus one. Thank you. Hector wrote, ride the G-wave and fan the G-flame. I love that. That's awesome. You're under the uh, assumption that, like, I'm rooting for Google+, Plus to be a desert town, and I'm not. I'm just saying that it is, but it would be great if it was, like, super thriving. You hate G+. I do not. You don't even you don't even post that much out there about Ace Kilroy anymore. So you know, I have to say, I, I maybe I should admit this because I like to think of myself as fairly web savvy, but I find Google Plus maddening to try and figure out. I just find it really confusing, and and uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I don't know what that says about me, but like I, I can grasp Facebook in like two seconds, but I find Google Plus just like, wait, what? Where is it? Huh? Like I just don't understand what I'm doing on there, which is part of the reason I think probably why I do have a bit of a thing against it. You should try Windows 8. I hear it's written for people like you. Um, and that's a joke if you've been keeping up with the Windows 8 news. But uh, oh, Hector Windows went humor. Up. That's great. What's that? Windows humor. That's great. <laughs> Hector put some more stuff here. And uh, Hector, he's on the train that's suggesting Firestorm's going to get canceled, uh, I guess. So, uh, But he says he hope it doesn't. So, But he's given us some suggestions. If, if Firestorm gets canceled, we could change the podcast if we want, as we have often joked. To, he said the Lightning and Water podcast for The Flash. It's also a week four comic and was previously written by Jeff Johns. And it's doing incredibly well. The Lantern and Water podcast, uh, which is talking about uh, Green Lantern, obviously. Uh, which, by the way, will never happen because I refuse to read Green Lantern nowadays. Uh, the yeah, Star, yeah, the Star and Water podcast, which would be uh, dedicated to Will Payton Starman, which is really cool idea. Actually, I guess <laughs> like, if we want to have even less viewers than we have now, <laughs> we uh, want but that would be. Ah, I'm just be, saying, uh, you think Firestorm is niche? That's true. Starman, but, I mean, we 
Wolverine. And the Will Payton Starman at that. Yeah. Uh, although, I love me some Will Payton Starman. And if, if we've never talked about this before, you guys, don't get me started. He's awesome. I love the Will Payton Starman as much as the Jack Knight one. Anyway, he, uh, he wrapped up by saying, anyway, I hope the Fire and Water podcast stay, uh, stays many years with us. And that's our goal, too. And Daniel Adams wrote us on G+, I'm posting here so that Rob can't give you crap for not having any fans on Google+. <laughs> I'm glad I can inspire. Suck it, Rob, you nerd. DC, comic, uh, DC Bloodlines, thanks to Diablo Frank, gave us another shout-out. Thank you for that, Frank. I'm uh, going to read an email, got real, real quick here, from Jack, is it Dyer? Dower? Dyer? I am so bad at pronouncing words. I mean, is there a word for people that are bad at pronouncing words? Like, idiots? Shag. I believe it's shag. Shag. That's the word for it. Okay. Anyway, Jack wrote to Shag and Rob. Thank you. Thank you for suggestions on what to read and to catch up on Firestorm and Aquaman. You guys are great. I mostly buy books digitally, and I've been waiting for some Firestorm and Aquaman stuff to come out. Stuff before New 52, I mean. Since I started listening to you guys, I've gotten very interested in it. Well, finally, probably due to your massive influence, DC fed my newfound need. He really wanted to get read on the show. Yeah, I, well, These guys are getting clever. They know exactly how, what, what buttons to push, and God bless you for that, folks. Keep at it. Our egos need it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they released 101 Aquaman issues from all of his runs for 99 cents each. Yes, that was, that was a big thing. Thanks, Rob. I know it must have been your close friendship with Jeff Johns that made that happen. This... <laughs> yes, 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 it was. <laughs> this week, Firestorm number one through five get released. I read them, loved them. Then you guys talked about them. Wow, the power of the irredeemable shag. It is truly awe-inspiring. And it so is. Um, I love your Who's Who show. Also, have you thought about doing some character profiles on the rogues gallery of your heroes? I mentioned that earlier, and uh, actually that idea came here from Jack. I think Doing a Rogue Gallery episode would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we definitely we want compare, to do that at some point. We could compa- we could compare the uh, the Scavenger to uh, Slipknot as their mer- relative merits. Um, anyway, I would love a Slipknot history lesson. Thanks for a great show and a fun new way to give DC my money from Jack. P.S. Why does Rob hate the term water logs? And uh, that goes back to uh, I call Firestorm fans matchheads and Aquaman fans water logs. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I want to get back to the thing about um, us giving us inspiring him to give DC his money. Uh, we screwed up. We should inspire him to give us his money. <laughs> DC. That doesn't. We are clearly our aim is uh, not true, as it were. Um, as, a, as it's waterlogs. The reason I don't like the term is because the the word the phrase waterlogged is is like bad. It's got bad connotation. It's like you know you're weighed down. You're kind of you know whatever. And and. Um, so it just it, it to me it, it brings up all the sort of negative stuff about Aquaman, and plus it's that Shag came up with it without asking me, and so I'm just reflexively against it. <laughs> Any idea of mine, Rob's reflexively against. We got an email from uh, Raul Cotto uh, once again. Now his previous handle was Raul Cotto Verified. <laughs> now it's just Raul Cotto. I can only assume that the Raul Cot- like there's a Raul Cotto impersonator out there. So the Rolcato verified is saying that he's the real Rolcato, so which means that this Rolcato isn't necessarily the real guy. So I, I, you know, I don't know. It's the holy Bootsy Collins thing. But anyway, uh, he wrote this version of Rolcato, whoever this guy is, wrote Rob, and he put like a thousand Bs at the end, Shag, a thousand Gs. It's been twenty episodes. While I'm writing this, I'm still, and I still enjoy hearing your voices. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Um, so we have had nine issues of New 52 now. What books are still on your pull list from issue one? Uh, almost nothing. Sorry. Um, basically, I'm down to reading Aquaman, of course. Firestorm, but I'm reading Firestorm 
you know, because of feeling a sense of civic duty. I still get just I still get Justice League, but uh, I don't so much read Justice League as I just sort of acknowledge the fact that I've purchased it. Um, and I read <laughs> I read All Star Western. I love All Star Western. I, I genuinely love that book. So, what are you still reading, Shaq? Um, I am still getting obviously Firestorm and Aquaman. I'm getting Justice League International for a little bit longer. Uh, I guess uh, I'll probably get whatever comes out of that. I get regular Justice League, although like you, honestly, I haven't read an issue since number six. They're just stacking up. I need to, I need to get in there and read them. Justice League Dark, I get Animal Man, I get, which is one of those, um, and I also get Flash. Shoot, and I don't have my list in front of me, so I'm really struggling here. I think that's it now. I will tell you that um, every month, obviously, I read Aquaman and Firestorm as quick as I can. I read Flash and Animal Man as quick as I can. And the other ones kind of stack up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, and he writes, Rob, I've been jumping up and down reading issue number nine of Aquaman. Prisoner, Prisoner of War has got to be the sweetest new character. Fall in. See, the, Hells the, yes. That's the great thing. He's got the catchphrase. The action figure will have like a little chip in him, and you press a button, and he says, Fall in. Yeah, exactly. Jack, although I enjoy Aquaman more, I have the Spanish word for fire in my Twitter handle. I figured that out. And he ends it with Soplar, El Fuego, and... Montarse en la Ola. I, I, I'm guessing that is Spanish for Fan the Flame and Ride the Wave. Uh, if, if so, I'm going to look that up on Google Translate, and if that is the case, I think we should end every show with that instead of... <laughs> uh, John Godwin sent us a, a very nice letter. He is a huge Young Justice fan, and uh, I have to... He also wrote, Hey, Rob Bubba, with multiple Bs, and Shag Bubba. I love that. Uh, with multiple Gs. Anyway, he's a huge just, uh, Young Justice fan, and I have to admit, I have not seen anything beyond the first episode. I keep meaning to catch up. If it was on Netflix, I'd be all over it, uh, but it's not. Warner Brothers is very protective of their content, so and it's very hard to find it online to watch for free because I'm a bad person. And so I haven't caught up on Young Justice. I need to because everything I hear is an awesome cartoon. Yeah, why let people see it? <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it is incredibly difficult to find. Like... Unless I watch it at their scheduled time or have a DVR, which I don't because I live in the 80s, um, I'm never going to get to see it. So anyway. <laughs> the VHS uh, tapes are stacking up. <laughs> well, John, John's a great uh, fan. He, he's written us before, and uh, this time he's talking about Young Justice. He, so we'll give him a plug here. He said, also, I have a podcast called Not Young, Just Us, a Young Justice podcast where we review TV, the TV show, comics, action figures, the upcoming video game, and anything else Young Justice we can find. So um, – they're currently the only Young Justice podcast on iTunes, and you can find them at uh, nerdcastnetwork.com. So uh, they're also on Facebook. Give them a shout-out. Tell them that Firestorm fan and Aquaman Train sent you. He also has some great little sign-off lines here. Um, Retie the Slipknot, moisten the Aquaman. Yeah, that's and, definitely not sticking around. And restrike the Firestorm. He's got another one here in another email he sent me. Rope burn the Slipknot, slash the Aquaman, and overheat the Firestorm. <laughs> I do like rope. I think like rope burn is the kind of thing that that like Slipknot is so lame a character that that's would it be his phrase if he defeats somebody? Like, <laughs> he thinks that's a really badass phrase. You just got rope burn. They're like, oh, good lord. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, folks, and here it is: uh, the Steam Award. The Steam Award first ever. No, nah, we gave one out once before. Did we? Yeah, we gave a Steam Award for a Twitter thing that was. Um, if there's ever been a need for a fire and water podcast, that time is now. That time. Oh, is now. that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So this is the second Steam Award. Ghost, and, and if if we can, we'll start doing this every episode with whenever we have comment uh, feedback. If we 
remember because we're that dedicated. Um, so the Steam Award goes to, drum roll please, Corey Hodgson, our buddy Hierarch on Twitter. He did this awesome drawing of Slipknot. He's got both Aquaman and Firestorm defeated uh, on the ground. It is like the most fun picture. It's so cool. If you haven't seen it, it's posted out there on Firestorm Fan. Uh, you can also find it on High Rock's Twitter feed. It's it's a great picture. He, he's got uh, Firestorm and Aquaman tied up with ropes. There's a big poster up behind him that says, Wanted by the Underworld, Aquaman and Firestorm. And <laughs> Slipknot saying, Witness my greatest triumph. And the Easter egg for you there, folks, is the newspaper on the ground that says, Blue Devil Stops Dark Side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he was definitely uh, teeing it up for you there, Shaq. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so congratulations on the Steam Award. And just like real steam, it is just vapor and you not even tangible. <laughs> You're trying to hold it in your hand. You can't do it. Yep. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this time. Um, watch your feed sometime in the next uh, couple weeks. You should see a Who's Who episode. You'll see another episode of Fire and Water Podcast, and we're going to keep the entertainment going. Yes, we are, as we always do. Um, as, uh, as always, you can find the Aquaman Shrine at uh, AquamanShrine.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can go visit us on Google+. Nothing's going to happen, but you can do it. Uh... <laughs> We ought to start a hangout on Google Plus sometime. It'll be like a parking lot of a Stuckies at 3 in the morning. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, you can find Firestorm Fan over on, oh, Google Plus. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and the site at main site itself, uh, firestormfan.com. So, folks, uh, until next time, fan the flame and ride the wave, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, everybody. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super fair. Aquaman. We're friends forever. Yeah! I don't believe this. An hour ago, I'm heading for my apartment, and now I'm on my way to someplace called Alopolis. Apocalypse. Whatever!